Are you looking for an open-minded perspective? Different view or a different take? Well, this is Lost in the Groove, society and culture podcast, donor culture, and deep dive. See here, we're all about the experience, all about the journey, and getting into the groove. Hey everybody, and welcome to Lost in the Groove. I'm your host, Dave Lennon. Uh, today we are here with the Book of the Dead podcast, uh, by far one of my favorite true crime podcasts currently, um, hosted by Courtney and Lisa. I cannot believe this is actually happening, but thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, if you want to introduce yourselves to our listeners. Hi guys, I'm Courtney. And I'm Lisa, and we're happy to be here. We're very excited. Um, so the number one question that came into my mind the second I played the first episode, how did you, like, what was the inspiration for the for the podcast? Like, where did it start? Well, I guess that's really something that I've always been interested in, um, True crime. I started out when I was young. I wasn't the kid that necessarily watched like cartoons. I was more the kid that watched like medical documentaries. <laughs> um, so that kind of segued into true crime when I ran out of medical documentaries that I was interested in watching. And then as I got a little bit older, my reading preferences moved more into psychological thrillers. So I was really into crime and you know this almost like the psychology behind it and why people do what they do to each other and then i had a friend who kind of says to me you know you should do reviews about the books you read and you know you should start a podcast and then another friend of mine had kind of went oh you love true crime documentaries you should listen to true crime podcasts so i kind of started that way and it kind of turned into well instead of doing book reviews I could talk about the cases that literally keep me up at night and that's kind of how it started mm -hmm. and then of course you know the book of the dead came how back. did you I mean the thing is um how did you get your, how did you get um your mom dragged into this because <laughs> you know I say podcasting to my mom and she's like you know, she first thought I was I was crazy. And then now she's like, so so you 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 sit there and you talk to people. Isn't that scary? And I'm like, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's and that's kind of exactly why I wanted her to do it with me, because I have um I have a panic disorder. So I get mm. very, very nervous and I, I knew that I couldn't just do it by myself. I'm like, I, I need to do, I need to be able to bounce off of someone or I'm yeah. just sitting there going, um, um okay. Um. Which, which to anyone that does listen to the book of the dead, Lisa does add a very crucial part of the story because it it's kind of like me trying to say like, come on already. Like, Let's go. You know, like there, it's like the, it's like me trying to tell you, but Lisa does it for me already. So it kind of makes me feel better. 
<laughs> and that's it's funny because everyone everyone says that to me like oh my god your mom and the shenanigans like she's so right the shenanigans everyone loves Lisa. maggots <laughs> maggots 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 look it's not it's not gender specific if you're a maggot and you you know if you are someone that can literally take someone else's life and walk away mm. and not have your conscience basically rip you apart for what you've done you're a maggot mm. you're just a maggot it's non-gender specific it could be a man it could be a woman it could be a teenager it doesn't matter because we've covered a case where two teenagers did that whole scream thing that scream movie that is the case of cassie joe stoddard oh i have to check that out and Good it run. is like i i'm i guess as a mom you know you expect certain things from your children you expect them you know you do your best to raise them to be good citizens and i'm sure that these parents did exactly that but these two boys you know they were teenagers you have to you know what's right and what's wrong they're maggots okay they're maggots sorry <laughs> you're a maggot okay it's just the way it is you're just a maggot listen if, how hard you know, mom and dad tried you're a maggot listen i don't know about you courtney but if lisa's down i am an artist and if you want a maggots like something to put on a t-shirt <laughs> lisa i will help you i am oh, with God. you with this a hundred percent maggot Absolutely. don't be a maggot okay just don't be a maggot it's gonna end up being like that somehow turned into like the uh tagline for, for the book don't of be the a maggot or shenanigans mm. i call shenanigans um, you know as we're talking th this is what I, i'm i'm saying is you know I'll be honest, one of the biggest problems I have with true crime podcasts up until this point is a lot of it is like watching a scripted television show, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that when you're talking about somebody that has been viciously murdered and you watch a series that's 10 episodes and they have all the special effects and you have the, the creepy guy and the gunshot sound effects and all of that going on. It's great, but there's there's a piece of humanity that's missing from it. Exactly. And that's actually something we were talking about today. Like a lot of, and it's not every podcast or every true crime podcast or show that they've done, but they sensationalize it. And I think part of the problem is that they're sensationalizing the killer or the attacker as opposed to bringing awareness to the victim and that's why like for the book of the dead the only thing that's scripted is the physical like story of the case any like commentary that lisa has that's not scripted that's totally unscripted <laughs> because i don't know anything until she presents the case to me oh interesting she says, okay, I have another case. Let's sit down and let's record. And I am the person that likes the happy ending. I am the Disney kid. Okay. Same. The, the, the um, boy meets girl, you know, they fall in love. They get married happily ever after. That's after 24, I'm after 24 hours of knowing each other. 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's where I want to be. Okay. There are movies that I'm still incensed about because, you know, the the man meets the woman or the woman meets now, whatever they fall in love. And then one of them is taken away, you know, like they're killed. And I'm going, wait, do I, this is supposed to be a happy ending here? What's going, why am I watching this movie? So I'm definitely the happy ending kind of person. So I think Courtney gets great kicks out of giving me the most horrendous, vicious murders that she can possibly find. Great job, Courtney. <laughs> so that's she can not, see the look on my face. That's not necessarily true. Although sometimes the the reactions are great, but um, it is the, a reality of humanity, though it is exactly. And um, I I think that you know some of you know it's when you issue. see it presented in television. Excuse me for just a moment. I need to go grab a tissue. Go right ahead. It's an allergy thing. <laughs> I've been sick for the past few days, so I've I've gone through several boxes of tissues. Oh, well, Hope I didn't unplug you. Sorry. You I'm sorry. I did not do that on purpose. I will be right back. Two seconds. Uh, um, you were you were saying, Courtney? My my apologies. No, you're fine. Um, I I think like the biggest issue I've had with true crime in the past is that they sensationalize the wrong thing or they shed light on the wrong thing or they dramatize it too much. I had, and then they forget about, you know, there are cases out there that no one ever talks about. No one ever, you know, remembers these victims because no one wants to shed light on them. There was one I did. Oh, I did it on TikTok. We're going to do musical chairs, everybody. Musical chairs. It's a musical chair thing. It's a tight little dining room that we're in. um, And we're both on the same side of the table. So it's kind of a little difficult here. But I had done a... um, What is her name? I don't know. I don't know her name either. Uh, (laughs) um, Rosetta Jean-Baptiste Okay Um, She was murdered at 18 years old In a motel in Ramsey, New Jersey Oh, I know Ramsey I grew up in New York Oh, okay, okay. we're in New Jersey Um, Well, I grew up in Suffern, New York So I was right next to Mawa So Ramsey was I work in Mawa Are you you up, up in New York? No, no, I work in Mawa. Um, what state? Are, do, what state? We're in New Jersey. We're in New Jersey. Oh, damn! But I work in Mawa, so I know where Suffern is because it's down the block from me. Yeah, I grew up on College. For, I grew up on um, between College and um, Route Route three hundred six. So I grew up in that area. Okay. I'm familiar with the area. Mm-hmm. I drive there every day. <laughs> well, but one thing, one, this is important actually for our listeners. If you're curious, it's actually very important about true crime. Um, there's been a lot of, been a lot of murders, especially where I like the county, like Rockland County. Uh, woo! A lot of stories. Yeah, there's a lot. There's I a mean- lot. There's but- a lot of stories all over the country. Oh, I will tell you this. So my dad. True, uh, true crime story. Uh, my dad in the 80s, he had a um, a partner of his 
Uh, my dad did uh, plumbing and heating. Mm-hmm. And my mom did not like this guy at all. He was, you know, he was weird and he was staying over the weekend. Um, and my, f- my mother just didn't feel comfortable. So my father said, all right, fine. You know, he got rid of him. He left. A few months later, he was convicted of, of murdering someone. He murdered his girlfriend. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And he like escaped. And my, I was just like, oh, oh. but yeah, that, that's my experience with with uh, murder victims. That's crazy. Well, we had um, Kuklinski. Robert Kuklinski, the Iceman. Yes. He lived a couple of blocks away. Get out of here. No, seriously. He my lived a couple of blocks away. My went to his house and played cards in his basement. All oh, the my time. God. Jesus Christ. Yes. I didn't visit the home or anything, but I grew up, you know, in the same neighborhood, like literally a couple of blocks and away. And everyone from said he was just like a really nice guy. But, you know, little did everyone know he was doing his hits on the side. Right. So. Yeah. Unfortunate reality of growing up in New York and and New Jersey, especially. Um, We're sorry. Yeah, we're sorry. (laughs) We've got was there was an angel of death uh, down the shore. Uh, Dr something i can't think of the name off the top of my head always a doctor right lisa always Always a doctor doctor. (laughs) yes Yes. um we had uh john list who murdered his family got away with it for 18 years um yeah and then there was rosetta jean baptiste her killer has never been found and that that her story is one of the stories or one of the reasons that i i wanted to do the podcast because i put out this little thing there's very little information about her you know she's murdered in this motel she checked in um and just on december 7th i think with a man that was at least a decade older than her um and the next morning she was found dead um and she was pregnant and no one there's been no resolution no one's ever found this man no nothing and i had posted that tiktok and i had done a couple of comments saying i've never heard about her and thank you for telling her story because no one i i've never met anyone that knows her story i've never heard of her before and that's that's what's important to me wow you have like you know rosetta no one knew her name at least you know that i've come in contact with until i put that little two minute video out because that's all the information I had on her. It was two minutes worth. Um, And that's sad that that's all the information that there is, but that's why I wanted to do it because people like Rosetta Jean-Baptiste are forgotten. And then you have, and that's not to say that the, you know, like Gabby Petito who was murdered, you know, that was. We actually covered Gabby Petito. I didn't see it. I have to go back and look. Um, Well, we got a lot of hate because uh, the, the kind of the directions that we were going, our general theory was there was something behind um, Gabby and Brian. And I was like, at the time, he was one of our hosts. He's no longer with us. Um, I mean, he's alive, but he's no longer <laughs> physically with the podcast. <laughs> um, but he said he thought that there was a fear that was going on between the two of them. Okay. And that fear was what caused the whole thing to start. Like we were like suspecting that it could have been an uncle or a family member. Um, okay. 
So we were kind of like one of the early ones that kind of like nitpicked behind what the media was saying. Like, I don't know something. There's something missing. Yeah. A case that we're um, working on for not next week, but the following week, um, there's a couple of things that the media had put out, but I'm like, there, but why are you mentioning this? What does this have to do with anything? What does this mean? Kind of thing. Um, so it's like trying to figure out what went on behind the scenes. Um, but yeah, like with Gabby Petito, that was such a sensationalized case because she had like that, you know, a prominent social media following. And, you know, that obviously, you know, people wanted to find her and she needed, you know, she deserves to be found. But then you have the people that the media and society kind of forget about, you know, the people that are in sex work, you know, a, a lot of times they let go. Me, let me, um, let me ask, um, I want to ask Lisa something on this. Okay. You know, uh, if you've, you've been to New York city over the years, there were periods where it was extremely dangerous. Okay. Yes. Um, my father speaks about the times where you couldn't go to certain bathrooms because there were people that were going to stab you in the trains you couldn't go on certain times during the day because you could get stabbed or shot at, or mm-hmm. somebody would ask you for. And the thing that I am always curious about is when you're somebody that lives in that world where you don't, you don't have a cell phone, there's no internet, you have no real way of being able to protect yourself. Now we have all of these tools. I feel that there's still the lack of awareness and, you know, thankfully we have the two of you that are doing this. We have the lack of facts. I mean, we've, we've spoken about how like there's cases where there's, I just heard this like clear evidence, literally clear evidence that points to a resolution. Come on. Exactly. I'm calling shenanigans. There you go. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I call shenanigans. Well, look at some of the cases that we've covered or look at some of the other um, true crime podcasts where there is a convicted murderer. I was listening to one the other day, okay? Mm -hmm. And this man murdered his stepdaughter, okay? Murdered her. And he got like no time at all. It was almost like the court said, don't do that again. That's not nice. And here you go and you can walk away free. There's one case that I was listening to another podcast. And this is the one that I'm sitting in the car screaming at the radio like they could hear me screaming for the injustice. Mm-hmm. That this it's this woman her she was visiting she had her her 15 or 16 year old daughter. She was visiting a friend of hers that also had a 15 or 16 year old son. The man goes, the man comes, goes to rob them. They're going into the home. Man goes to rob them. He murders her friend, her daughter, and her friend's son. He shoots her in the face. Okay. The police in their infinite wisdom decided to ask her when they are she's at the hospital she's 
obviously on painkillers. She just had surgery. She's coming out of, you know, anesthesia and all this. And they're asking her to identify the person that did this. And she, of course, in that state, you know, traumatized state and all of this medication that she they were she was given in the hospital. She doesn't identify the this man. Later on, she identifies him. You want to know what he got? He got a whole whopping 10 years. So if you think about it, it's three years per person that he murdered and one year for attempted murder. And I'm going, wait a minute. What prosecutor in their right mind thought the 10 years was okay? He smelled the money. I'm going, are you serious? So I'm screaming at the radio, at the injustice. And of course, the insurance companies in their infinite stupidity, because this woman needs more surgery to for quality of life, not cosmetic. She's not having, you know, the Brazilian butt lift. It's because she was shot in the face and she needs corrective surgery so she can eat correctly so that she can, you know, function. And they're saying no. So not only did this man change her life drastically for the worse, but now the insurance companies are also hurting her. And I'm going, and I'm screaming like a raving lunatic in the car. Thank God I was by myself, but I'm screaming at the injustice. I'm going, what maggot crawled in this prosecutor's brain thinking, you know, and he's going, yeah, this is okay. I, That's I like, don't do this. I will tell you, um, I will tell you this. The only, the only um, type of pain I can relate uh, with what you just said. I grew up in the, I grew up in the um, Orthodox community. Okay. I grew up religious and I remember, I'm not going to say who, I remember the time there was a kid that was assaulted badly because he was gay. Um, that was around, that was around my age. And I was still in the closet. I was still in the community at the time. And I just remember the pain that I felt because no one would listen to this kid and give him any kind of remorse because of a type of belief monetary reasons, you know, hushing something so nobody else gets into trouble. Unfortunately, and this is a harsh reality, and this is sometimes what true crime is about. The closure is not sometimes comfortable. The closure is not sometimes what you what you want to hear. No, it's not. And it's unfair. It's completely unfair. You know, you'll hear me with, you know, this convicted murder. It's it's proof beyond a shadow of a doubt that they've committed committed this horrendous crime. And I'm sorry, but, you know, you you deserve to be on that bullet train straight to hell. That's it. You don't get a second chance to do this to another person. And I think that's why I've gotten I, I said I've said it a couple of times in the podcast that I that I, I am for the death penalty and within extenuating circumstances, I think obviously there's, there's extenuating circumstances for everything. Um, but I think if you were going to go and you were going to viciously murder 
or viciously attack or whatever it is, whether it's, you know, plain old murder, whether it's, um, a torturous, a torturous murder, whether it's, um, a hate crime, whether it's anything like that, there are things that deserve the death penalty. And I also grew up religious. I went to Catholic school and I will never forget it. I was in Catholic school and it was, I was probably in seventh grade and we were talking, it was in history class. And my teacher said something about the death penalty and who, who, who here is opposed to the death penalty. And almost everyone raised their hands. And he said, who's for the death penalty. And I was the only one that raised my hand. And you know, that. of course I get asked, well, why? Because I'm in Catholic school and, you know, that's bad. And I said, because sometimes life in prison is not enough. It's not. Sometimes it's not enough. And they're like with the, when we did Junko Furuta. Oh, that keeps me up at night. That's one, totally only one of them got about 20 years and that was not enough. The rest of them got eight. Not enough. They tortured her for 44 days. Whoa. Not enough. Yeah, that that's that's also a case that keeps me up at night because, you know, they're in this young man's home that his parents own that live there. And you mean to tell me as a parent that you don't hear the cries, the screams, the the vicious attack that is being perpetrated on this young girl and you do nothing about it, nothing. And I've said this to my daughter about a million times. I love my children, I would die for my children. But if you are doing something that vicious or like that to another human being, not only am I coming in that bedroom, but I'm getting that person help, one, Number two, you're going to pray that the police get there and take you away before I get my hands on you. I don't care if you're sitting next to the devil himself. I'm worried about them. Okay. Don't care police if you're coming to the devil himself. You're getting a beating. And if he gets involved, he's getting one too. Let, let me, let, let me, let me share, let me share, let me share something with you. Um, my, my father is from Morocco and Morocco actually doesn't have a death penalty. They have something a little bit better. They have a, a policy where depending on your sentence, you either get it after seven or 10 years, they give you a gun. So it's a life sentence in solitary confinement. Now, you depending on it, you get up to seven years or 10 years, they give you a gun and it has one bullet. I love that. that. That's it, that's all they give you. And if you miss, If you miss my dad, my dad always used to tell me that as a kid. And I thought he was joking until I actually, I actually checked it up and it it is real. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) I, I have, I don't know, I guess I'm, I'm one of those people. Like I just, there's no, there's never a good enough reason to kill someone in cold blood to hurt someone for you know because of you know anything there's just no reason i mean obviously self-defense is a thing but you know and i'm not i'm it besides self-defense like you know you can't you know i don't like you because you know of your race your religious observations your sexuality like no that's that we don't i don't i don't fuck with that (laughs) absolutely not i I love who you love. It doesn't matter. 
I tell my husband all the time that like, <laughs> um, I would, I would leave him for Jennifer Tilly. If Jennifer Tilly <laughs> walked up to me and said, leave your husband, I, bye. <laughs> like, you know, I, and it's, you know, who cares? And people, I mean, like I said, I grew up Catholic and a surefire way to make sure your kids don't grow up religious is to send them to Catholic school. Like, sorry. (laughs) It was the the way it had to be done because of where we were living. It would have been before care, after care. And it was only half day kindergarten. And I'm sorry, Miss Smarty Pants over here. um, But half day was going to do nothing for you. Nothing. But so, you know, in Catholic school and, you know, you grow up, I was there was one black child in my school one but i was, was one, I was one of five kids. i was one of five kids of color and i'm not that dark and i was one of the darkest There's, out of the five but it was a very very small yeah. school. Yeah, so very, i mean there was in the there one eighth grade one, class yeah. there was seven students in it so like whoa i mean it it was really really tiny it's so uh, you know, like there, a kids, a, but there was, you know, it was, there was one black child in that school and you could, you could see the racism at five years old when I was five years old, like, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And which is, it's a shame and it's sad. And I don't, I don't fuck with that. That's why yeah. I wanted, I, I've said a couple of times, way. well, yeah, I wasn't brought up that way, but I've said a few times, like, I want to cover more POC cases. I want to, um, you know, not the next case, because that's a, um, the second part of the one that just dropped today. But the one after is about a young um, black man that went missing. Uh, is that the young- new episode that came out or that's a different story? That's going to be a different story. The one that came out today is Stacy Castor. It's the Annie Freeze murders. So that is a two-parter, um, which it wasn't supposed to be a two-parter. That's it. That's L- Lisa another. doesn't like. I, I remember one thing. Lisa does not like two-parters. <laughs> well, because it's like just just give me the information. Sometimes Let me absorb it and just move on. Just move on. I know. Like by the time ep- like by the time part one ends, I'm like. I'm like, oh my god! I, I have, I have to listen to part two. Like, right. how do I like? I, I don't know what. Believe like, it. Ah, damn. But <laughs> she wasn't planning on that, but it ended up being a lot more information. Yeah, um, a lot more that than I needed had anticipated to um, it being. But I do. I want to cover more cases. We've done a couple um, um, POC and you know, or by. Uh, BIPOC um, and indigenous cases, you know, we had um, Elizabeth Salgado, we had the Ventura and Kern County does um, to indigenous women. We had Elizabeth Salgado. We had another. I don't know. We've done. We've done a few, but I feel like it's important to do more because like they don't get the same attention. I know. See, that's also something that um we spoke about earlier is these are cases that there's not a lot of light that's shed on them and it's very unfortunate because uh, we learn that some of them go unsolved for 26 years 18 14 17 i'm like can you imagine like being the family and you're just sitting there 
year after year after and you have no idea i could literally only imagine like that kind of pain i had when i was 19 a friend of mine went missing now she was found she was missing for a year and there was maybe four or five articles that were printed just in like the local area. She was missing for a year and they did find her deceased. She was not, she wasn't the victim of foul play. She, you know, unfortunately had a substance abuse problem, but she was, oh, okay. um, it, the circumstances surrounding, um, after she died were, I, I had a lot of rage because she, someone was with her when she passed and they hid it for a year, hid what happened. They hid her body. Um, and it's the the suffering that her parents went through. Her mom was in another country. Um, her dad was here in America. Her brother was here in America, but they went a whole year without knowing anything, wondering where she was. Um, and thankfully, thankfully, they found her. And that was only a year. And, you know, think, you know, as terrible as, you know, she, she may not have been a victim of foul play, but, you know, the fact that she died so young at only 18 um and no one knew what happened to her for a year it's terrible it's terrible and i mean thankfully she was found but then you have the people that are never found you know like when we did um nicholas barclay he has still never been found and it's been 30 30 years 30 almost years. almost 30 years he disappeared in 94 but see i kind of I guess my attitude or how I think. Um, By the way, uh, just going back quickly to that, um, I heard this could be wrong that sometimes people that have gone missing for many years in this country, they might have been in another country. That's Some, always a possibility. Yeah. There's a belief that if they're um, like that was the whole thing when we did the Nicholas Barclay case. Um, they thought they found him in um, Spain. Is it? It's always possible that you know someone could leave the country that they're in. You know whether you know they left to their own volition, they want to start a new life, you know, or it was a victim of trafficking, trafficking or anything like that. So there's always the possibility that they left the country, um, but and I mean nowadays it's so hard to like it's it, it like. Because, you know, you have surveillance everywhere. You have, you know, cell phone tracking. You have yeah. all of this. And there are still people that literally disappear into thin air. And it's like, how does that happen when there's security cameras on almost every home? Yeah, every but you home? remember remember the thing, though, is, is that today we have something called the Internet. And the Internet works with computers. And the way that computers work is if you're really good at programming and you know how to hack them, you can do some funky things to cameras. That's true. That's you very, can. very true. You can. But again, I guess it's maybe the way I'm the way I think um, somebody had to see something. Somebody mm. knows something. People just don't disappear. Maybe as an adult, you can do that. Maybe you can. I can't imagine being able to just disappear out of my life. It, it wouldn't happen. Um but a child, I mean, he disappeared as a child. 
I'm kind of finding that not hard to believe, but I think somebody out there knows something. Yeah, it was like with somebody Elizabeth saw Salgado, something. she disappeared. She was 20, 20 years old and she disappeared in broad daylight on a busy street and no one no one saw a thing um and it's you know and then she was you know her remains were eventually found a few years later but it's like how did she disappear on a busy street you know people can you know there were people that were interviewed that said yeah i saw her in front of this building i saw her on this street but how did she just disappear off into thin air then (laughs) where did she go who who did someone offer her a ride? You know, that's that's what I I wonder. But there are I mean, she was taken in a way that didn't seem suspicious. That's true, because um, the the theory, at least that some people had kicked around, was that she had potentially been offered a ride from someone. But she was also new to the country. She had only been living in Utah for about a month. Well, um, I don't remember the name, but I remember in the community there was a kid. He was murdered by this guy. Um, and for like, I, it was it was really horrible what he did to the kid. Um, I think it was like Levy or something. I'm trying to remember when when this was. This was many many years ago. Um, but basically, how he got away with it, even though there was cameras, it he approached the boy and said that he was a friend with his father's and was told to give him a ride. So it seemed like he was getting in a car. And okay, and the crazy part is he took the car and came to Muncie and went to a wedding with him in the back of the car. Okay. You know, is- how, you know how I know this? Because I had one of my rabbis that went to the wedding and saw his car there. That's insane. So, but again, I mean, now I am a lot older than both of you. Not going to say how old I am, but obviously I'm older than both of you. We don't need to reveal. It's all right. Even as a child, you know, I walked to and from school as a, I think I was either five or six. Walked to and from school. Now you can't do that. But at the time, I was allowed to do that. Uh, My next door neighbor, she and I would walk together. But even then, you know, moms and dads would say, don't take a ride from a stranger. If somebody, you know, says, hey, you know, I'm a friend of your mommy or I'm a friend of your daddy. Um, there was, you know, I remember your grandmother going, OK, I will give them this special word. And if they tell you that word, oh, you can take a ride with them. Now, again, this is many years ago. So even then. As a child walking to and from school, I knew not to get into the car with anybody. Now, there was a neighbor that lived down the street. He was picking his daughter up from school. I was walking. He said, hey, would you, you know, would you like a ride? And I went, no, thank you. That's okay. And I walked home and I told my mom and she goes, you know, you did the right thing. She goes, yes, I know who they are, she goes, but did he, you know, I never gave him that special word that yeah. you were allowed to take a ride from him. She's like, yes, it would have been fine if you did. Just but because, you know, and I was I was that kid that I guess followed mom and dad's rules. 
you know, if she said, don't do this, I just didn't do it. If dad said, don't do this, I didn't do it because I didn't want to get in trouble. Well, I was like, why was one of those? I didn't want to get in trouble. Um, yes. Um, I will say, like, I think some of it is in the moment, I don't think kids necessarily, you know, realize like oh, what no, they're, they're doing. No, 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 children are, saying, are doing no, anything no, no, no. wrong. I know that's not what you're saying. I'm saying like when I was, I was probably eight and I was having across the street, my neighbor asked me, do you want to have a lemonade stand today? And she was a little bit older than me. And, you know, I said, yes. And my grandma said, okay, yeah, you can do that. Here's some cookies. And, you know, my neighbor's riding up and down the street, screaming lemonade for sale at the top of her lungs. And we got no sales. And then finally this man pulls up. At the, she was on a corner. This man pulls up to the corner in his car. He said, oh, are you selling lemonade? I said, yes. He goes, how much is it? And I said, oh, it's like 50 cents for lemonade, 25 cents for a cookie. And he said, okay, I'll take a lemonade and a cookie. I, he said, I have a dollar. And I said, I don't have any change because you're our first customer. He said, that's okay. You can keep the dollar. I said, okay. So I got his stuff prepared, expecting him to get out of the car. He says, well, why don't you bring it to me? Mm-mm. okay and my ass opened his door and basically crawled into the car handed him his lemonade and his cookie grabbed his dollar and i got out i could have been kidnapped that day but i wasn't thinking about it i said no oh, and this man had a dollar but children don't i've been and standing that's okay. here in the sun all day they're not supposed i want my to dollar think, but they're not supposed to think about that you know they're not it's just as i said you see things I mean, how many times during the summer, it could be a hundred degrees out and mm-hmm. I'm walking into a store and I see someone in like a sweatshirt and sweatpants. And I notice that why? Because I'm like, geez, they're making me hot. Like here I, you know, pe- most people are in shorts and a tank top and I'm going, oh, you, you um, see things sweatshirt, like, oh my God, it's hot. Listen, we're from the north. You know, I'm originally from the northeast, and you guys are in the northeast. Okay, down here in Florida, it's hilarious because the Floridians think that when it's like 75 or 80 degrees, you wear a sweater, and I'm just like, <laughs> I know I've been down in Florida. Um, <laughs> right after high school, we were my a friend of mine and I had gone to visit her grandmother. And we were on the beach and it was a little overcast. It was, I don't know, probably 80 degrees. And we were in, you know, the ocean and we come out and there are people sitting on the beach in jackets and long pants. I'm going, what is the temperature of the water? And somebody said it was like 70 degrees. They said, it's like bath water. They're like, oh, it's too cold. I said, yeah. said, I was just down in New Jersey over uh, Memorial Day, the water temperature was 55 degrees. Okay. And everybody on the beach that day was sitting in sweatshirts. And my girlfriend and I, that again, are from the Northeast, are in shorts and a tank top or, you know, bathing suit. And Likewise. we're enjoying ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Hello. But this is what, you know, so that stands out to me. So this, this goes back to Somebody had, you know, I'm not saying in every case, but there are cases that somebody had to have seen something, has to know some information. And like that Nicholas Barkley case, it's time that you come forward. Give this family 
some sort of answer. I'm not going to say it's closure because they're missing a loved one. It's never going to be closure. But give the answers. Let them have that and those answers of what happened to their son, their brother, their nephew, their cousin, whatever it happens to be. Give that friends, you know, give them the answers. And I think it's time. Sometimes, you know, it's time. There are there are cases though that it's where the person did it because they were upset, they were jealous. You know, I, I've said this to a friend before. There's a very big difference between serial killers and murderers. Sometimes murderers can be worse than serial killers. And that's strange because serial killers kill sometimes can kill dozens of people. But sometimes where murders can get worse is because it's a direct target. It's a yeah. it's an ominous target at this person. I'm not saying either or are least painful they're both extremely painful for anybody to go go through but that's where the strength lies in either of those those types of people 100 because you have there are cases where you know you have the ones who are like they're say like a crime of passion or you have like the case we did um last week the sherry rasmussen case mm-hmm. yeah sherry rasmussen was murdered by a jealous woman a police officer might be yeah, a police officer but, but in los stop. angeles right thank you lapd but that is almost i mean it's it's more horrific in the sense that this she, sherry was murdered out of sheer jealousy that's all it was stacy or stephanie lazarus was jealous that sherry had the life that um, Stephanie wanted. Mm-hmm. And it's somebody that was supposed to protect and serve. Yep. You know, that whole, that whole word, that word protect, not, you know, you're supposed to protect people. Look, I grew up in New York and to be real honest, my experience with the police department is this, this is how I was raised and this is our environment. It's owned and run and paid for. So our that that was our police department and it still is. That's that's so I I have a very hard time trying to take I want to because I know it's an important part of our society. It's an important part of a safe community to have people that can make sure that you are protected when you need those services. But I don't know when you have a tainted experience for a large portion of your life and you hear cases like this, you have to ask yourself this question. Okay. If it, if the program hasn't worked functionally up until this point, okay, can we maybe look at it and see what can we do to make this better? Because up until this point, we've created cold cases. You know, we've created loopholes. We've created trash bins of money going nowhere. So I don't see any of that happening. This is the problem. Like, I I wonder to myself, like, is nobody fucking listening? You know? 
I but there's good and bad in everything. Well, yes. Of course, I know. That's that's the issue. There's good and bad in everything. And one bad police officer or one bad doctor or one bad nurse, now everyone looks at all of them as being bad. I and I I get that. I mean, my brother's a police officer. Um, my, you know, we've, we've had police officers in our family. My uncle was a, you know, chief of police. So like, you know, there are good ones out there, but there, there are so many bad ones. And why do they get to get away with it? That's like, why? I I mean, I know why. Because of the program. But it's also, mm. there's a lot when you speak about a bad somebody, um, you know, if you're speaking about the police, it's they lose the fact that they are supposed to uphold the law, not be above the law. Mm-hmm. I think some of them lose that distinction between upholding the law and being above it. And that's what, you know, that's what drives me crazy. You know, you you drive in New Jersey if it's raining, you have your windshield wipers on, you have to have your lights on. Yes. How many times have I passed a police officer that is not doing that? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the New Jersey passed, Turnpike all the time. I know. How many times do you pass a police officer that has their cell phone in their hand? Or they turn on their um, sirens so they can go through a red light mm-hmm. and where they turn it off. So, I mean, and yeah, those are little things, quote unquote, but you know, then you have the ones like Stephanie Lazarus that used her training as a police officer to not only murder a woman, stage the crime scene, but then get away with it for 26 years, probably tampered with evidence, probably used her power to have evidence removed just because she was a police officer. And it was a very simple thing to say, hey, can you sign out this evidence for me? Um, I need it for something. So can you go sign it out for me? And then it disappears kind of thing. For, for a few um, years, yeah. For 14 years. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, there are people out there that are, you know, that take their role as a police officer, fireman, paramedic, doctor, whatever the case may be, so, so seriously And then there are those that, you know, realize that they're in this position where they have power or they have, you know, some sort of influence that affects the community or others in some way. And they use it to their own advantage and it is never good. And that's that's the issue I have with law enforcement is that there needs there needs to be a change there needs to be a way i mean body cams look in recent years body cams have been very important to solve a lot of cases because police officers that do wrong um you know wrongdoing you know they can claim their case as much as they want but we can see in the video what they clearly did so that is an added benefit. And again, those are things that were that are have been implemented to better the program. But the one thing that I would love to see addressed within the next few years, which I hopefully is is possible, is more of a clear, a clear and cut dry of being able to solve these cases 
being able to understand on how to prosecute these cases. And more importantly, is the people that are tried are actually tried. Okay. They're actually tried. I hear you. (laughs) I hear you. Loud and clear. I hear you. I think that more than one system needs to be overhauled, and the judicial system is definitely one that needs a serious overhaul. He's a makeover. Yeah. Yeah. For the especially for those ones that go, gee, you know, let me give you a timeout for a couple of years and and I'll let you go and then you can just go or the ones that are wrongly convicted for, you know, for nothing. For nothing or wrongfully accused and incarcerated for, you know, they're the ones that end up getting, you know, the triple quadruple life sentences and they didn't do anything. Right. I have issues with that one too. Mm -hmm. Especially, um, unfortunately, of some people from some groups, they get thrown into prison because of, you know, cannabis or possession or something. And and, in 25 years, oh my God, 25 years? Yeah, and someone who Five murdered three years. People, and someone who murdered three people and attempted murder on another one gets out in ten. Where is the justice in that? There is no justice. Mm-mm. No, absolutely none. I'm sorry. I, it's just again, it's that raw reaction to what I view as complete. You know, you, you drop the ball here. You let this guy go after murdering three people. Really? So he can now be a menace to society. You know, this guy over here has a blunt in his car, so we're going to give him 25. Yeah. It's wild. There's something wrong with that. I don't like it. Or at least in my opinion, there's something wrong with that. I think think this, this has been a really great way of exploring the book of the the Book of the Dead, a true crime podcast, because we've been able to learn um, about listening and being a part of, in a way, a little bit of a movement, a movement of shedding light on those that have never had light shed on them, to see the injustice for what it is. And unfortunately, not always are there happy endings, but there is a valuable lesson to be learned. So, um do you want to uh, give out any like socials uh, where people can find you? Um... Um, so you can find us, obviously, the Book of the Dead, um, wherever you guys listen mm-hmm. to podcasts. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at Book of the Dead Pod. You could follow us on TikTok at. Whoa. The Book of the Dead pod. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All over the place. All over. Well, that has been Lost in the Groove. Be sure to check out the podcast at Lost in the Groove Pod. We are on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, honey. We are all over the place. Um, We love you, um, guys and gals, and all you non-binary people. Uh, Be sure to check check us out on the next episode. Um, We'll hang out just a little bit. And uh, all right. Take care, everybody.